With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone, and I am joined today by the modern domestic woman herself, Elizabeth Rago. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. I am so happy to be on tonight and just to chat with you. It's always a pleasure. I know, me too. So Elizabeth Rago is a freelance writer specializing in women's lifestyle content. You can read her articles at themoderndomesticwoman.com. She is also an author. Her novella on tender hooks is available on Amazon. Elizabeth is a wife, mother of three, and Chicago native, now thriving in Kane County. Did I get that right? Yes, absolutely. Fine. Okay. Awesome. Um, so we know each other through blogging from Chicago now and from Chicago. You shot my headshots, I was thinking about this, six years ago. Oh, my goodness. That, that's crazy. Isn't that, that is crazy? Oh, yeah. I feel, like it was, I feel like it was last week, <laughs> like last season. I know. It just, it's it so crazy like how was- time flies time ago it seems like so I know well I love keeping up with you on social media and I love how honest you are um how spiritual you are and how you're such like a wonder woman yourself you have three kids and you're like writing all these articles writing books you and your husband are adorable and you also are like such a great promoter of other women and it's just so nice to see it's so it's just whenever I come across your post on Instagram on Facebook on Twitter I'm always I'm always happy (laughs) you make me smile well I thank you for noticing that and if if only one person notices that then that's like my job is done um I think that there are so many more women and I know that there are so many more women like myself, like you who love to lift other people up. Um, And I just think that it's so easy to complain about the negative things that are going on around us. So what I try to do, and this just is in my everyday life as well, is just try and lift people up, give them the benefit of the doubt, um, you know, which is definitely hard at times, but, Um, I found that the more I tried to force myself to always be in that perfect place or always Mm -hmm. be positive or always look great, um, it just never worked out and it was too much pressure. And I Mm -hmm. thought, you know what, I I can't do it anymore. I have to just be an honest me. And after that, there was a lot of pressure taken off and it just felt right yeah yeah because I love how you say when you describe the modern domestic woman how it's not about being perfect that that's not happiness right exactly it's not happiness and it's it's not possible yeah it's not realistic 
it's completely not realistic. And don't get me wrong. I love scrolling through Pinterest. I love, you know, making a lovely event. Um, and I, I had my time where I was having anxiety attacks, worried, you know, that I didn't look the right way or I, I you know, I didn't hand make all of my child's birthday and <laughs> and whatnot. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not my thing. So I have my thing that I do, which is my writing. And, you know, everybody has something that they're passionate about. And what we need to focus on is just that. Everyone is good at something. And even though I'm not good at it, it doesn't mean I need to put somebody down, you know. And, And that's where the whole idea of the modern domestic woman came out was, um, you know, you can do anything, but not everything at the same time, because it's just impossible. Oh, I love it. That makes so much sense. That's perfect. <laughs> Was your gra- So we're going to talk about your grandparents a little bit. Were they, uh, they sound like they were so much fun. They were. They were a lot of fun. Um, very real and honest. You know, mm. not always not always nice, honest, but they were, <laughs> they were, you know, they were honest, just great sense of humor. They were good storytellers. Um, my grandfather was, I absolutely adored him. Now he was a little bit of a dirty old man in time at times <laughs> because, and what I, what I mean by that, you know, not against me, but like, my, he would lift up my grandmother's skirt with his cane and just make, <laughs> right. you know, references of them <laughs> making love. And then she would get really, oh, really God. upset with him. Yeah. So, but it sounds like yeah, they flirted with each other. Like, you never yeah. stop flirting. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. They sound and really even, cute, really funny. And he would even say to me, you know, I'm still a young man in my head, you know, in like my mind. Aww. You know, my body yeah. might be old, but I'm still a young man. Yeah, I feel like I feel that now. I mean, I'm in my early 40s, but I still feel like I just feel like every year I get older, I still feel like the same person. I mean, I feel I know I'm like a completely different person than I was two weeks ago, 20 years ago, but I still feel like I'm the same laughing soul. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I still feel like in my heart, like I'm, you know, 18 or 20 years old. (laughs) Not my body. Oh my God, it's so so true. I'm like, yeah, getting older is fun. Um, I have one drink and I'm like, I am like hung over the next day. It's terrible. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, (laughs) so they, how old were they? So you grew up with them in the Chicago area. How old were they when you, how old were you when they passed? Um, so my grandfather passed when I was, I believe, a senior in college. So I would have been like 22. Um, okay. And then my grandma actually just passed away a few years ago. Um, so yeah, I was, I had her a long my time. Grand- yeah. Yeah. And she was in her 90s. You know, my grandpa passed away a little bit earlier than that. Um, we were, we were close he was so supportive of my writing um he would cut out my newspaper clipping it was so sweet that is so sweet yeah I love it I I would come over to the house and he would have this you know little portfolio of all my newspaper clippings (gasps) which were from like my community college 
you know, newspaper, <laughs> which was fun. Oh, that's so cute. He's right, so proud. Yeah. So that, you know, that was I always love really that. nice. So I, I felt, you know, like I was a favorite. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good grandma. Howie, my husband always says that, that his grandma Margie made each of her four grandchildren feel like they were her favorite, which made her like such a great grandma because they all felt like yeah. they were the special one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it's so interesting because you talk about smelling them and my both of my grandparents on my mom's side had very distinct they wore very distinct perfume like my grandmother wore Nina Ricci and my grandfather wore Royal Copenhagen and if I ever smell those I know like I'm like I know that scent that's them but when you you describe smelling like getting a scent of your grandmother and your grandfather at separate times on different occasions was it the smell of um like them or was it like a perfume which is even I mean either way it's it's still something was it like what how do you describe the scent so for my grandfather he smoked cigars um I can't sounds like my dad yeah so my mom would be able to tell me exactly what kind of cigar cigars that he smelled but um or what he smoked but um it was that and a combination of something else. I think he was he was always very tailored and his clothes were always like really sharp and pressed. So I think it's that combination of maybe like starch because my grandma would starch his shirts. Um, okay. So, so yeah. Those, those things. Um, and I, the first time it happened. I I can't remember the first time that it happened, but usually when. I have smelled him enough to where it prompts me to like, it zooms me right back to my childhood um, because yeah. the sense of smell is so powerful, mm-hmm. especially, you know, like linked to memory. Um, yeah. So I, I, it's weird, but I usually smell one or both of my grandparents while I'm shopping for produce. <laughs> It's so funny. That is so funny because it's so, it's so, I could just picture it happening. Like I could almost picture them being like, this is when we're going to do it. Like, right. Every time she's in the, right, stopping in near the lettuce. That's so funny. I love it. Well, and I wonder if it's because when you're grocery shopping, like I try not to do anything else because I get overwhelmed with it anyway, but, um, (laughs) I think it's because I'm like very focused on what's going on there. And it's almost like my mind has slowed down a bit and everything's like very mm-hmm. clear. So. Oh, that's interesting. It's like moments, a form of meditation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, and the same thing, like when you're cooking um, and it's happened mm-hmm. a couple of times, like when I've been cooking and just focusing on the food, which says something too, like it's always food. Um, yeah. Yes, but then on my on for my grandma's side, um, hers was her perfume, and she wore an Estee Lauder. Oh my gosh, why? Oh, it was used to. Okay, so Estee Lauder used to, which is like traditionally an older, wiser woman's fragrance, I think. Uh-huh. Um, so for her, it was used to, but it was also there was something else that it was just very grandma y, and um, I frequently smell and it you know 
if you don't believe in like life after death or, you know, people visiting you and whatnot, you could just be like, well, somebody else was wearing youth to that day, obviously, you know, and I just happened to cross paths <laughs> right. with that person. Um, but right. for her, for her, it's that, but what happens is then, you know, my memory is triggered by those smells. And then I just have this overwhelming sense of like, just a hug, like a, Hey, yeah, we're, we're here. Uh huh. They're saying hi. And she sounds like, like also like such a, like a hugging grandma. Like you said, she's available for hugs. She always gave you gum. Um, yeah. She let you stay up and watch Saturday Night Live. So she's a very comforting grandma in her way. So. And, and not, that, yeah, and not, that you would feel that. And, not just with her, and it wasn't just with her grandkids. It was with everybody. So she loved to go out to eat at Egg Harbor Cafe, which is a, you know, a breakfast and lunch restaurant. And the entire, where we live out in the suburbs, um, you know, she would hug everybody. You know the buffer. She would have the whole just everybody, and everyone called her grandma. So she was one of those people that just people were drawn to her. So oh, how sweet! Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. And you also describe um, a dream you had of your grandfather right after you had your firstborn, your son, and you describe yeah. it as being very vivid. So I always say, you know, like the way it's described is that. Um, you know, if you have a dream about someone and it's kind of like that underwater feeling and it's a little weird and confusing, that's a dream. And that's, you know, like we're in a human body and you're processing the things you thought about during the day or whatever's in your subconscious. But when you have a dream that it just feels real, it's very tactile and real and clear, that's a visit. And it sounds like this was absolutely a visit that came to you at the most perfect time. You know, like it's such a huge event in your life to say like, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And you're, I love what you just described that, you know, dreams are like kind of crazy. They're a little far-fetched, but then like a visit is just very clear and it's to the point and then it, you know, just feels so real. Um, I was really upset because, you know, my grandfather wasn't able to meet my husband and he wasn't able to now meet my, my son. And, that was there, that clarity of us just sitting in the same room together. And he just very plainly said, you know, I'm really proud of you. And we just sat in this room for a second. Um, And then I woke up. It was just very plain. It was very purposeful. And then it was just like, okay, now you're ready to move on, you know, with your day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I actually woke up. I got ready. I think I was driving to work um, and I smelled him in the car. And this is the other thing that's weird. And what I think about, um, you know, I, I often have these like feelings when I'm just in the car quiet without the radio on. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I left to go to work, I was in the car and I immediately smelled him. And I just said, I, I thought, <sighs> okay, I'm crazy, but hi grandpa. Like, <laughs> So glad, so glad you're here today. And that's what it was. It was yeah. like a warm hug. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like these things always often happen where like some, like something will happen and then there'll be like something else to confirm it. So like you could have said like, oh, yeah. I had this really vivid dream about my grandfather, but that he, that he also came through, like no one was smoking cigars in your car. 
and <laughs> starching shirts. So in your car, you smelled him. It was like, this is the confirmation. Like, yes, that was the visit. And I did say the words, I'm proud of you and I'm here. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so perfect. It's so sweet. Yeah. And you also said like, um, you know, so often so many like of these kind of signs and things come at important times or they kind of, um, you know, they're coincidences that you're, that make you think like if I had taken this one path and were they there, but I love how you said that whenever you, you get these feelings, it's just kind of like a hi, I'm with you feeling, which I love because it doesn't always have to be this kind of monumental, like don't marry that guy or whatever. It, it could right. be, I love you and I'm here. Yeah. And it was, that was very much how, they were just as people as my grandparents. Mm. They were, I love you, whatever I can do for you, I am here. So, you know, not that they didn't listen to what I said or, you know, offered advice when they could, but the, their main, like, goal for being my grandparent was, you know, we can, let's help you out. Do you need a hug? Do you need, you know, a bar of chocolate? <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Oh, they sound so sweet. Such good grandparents. And it's so interesting that your grandmother was so um, so nurturing and like everyone's grandma because she kind of had to be that way to her younger brothers and sisters in growing yes. up. Yes. So you did. wrote so – uh, had... yeah, go ahead, yeah. Go ahead, love. It's, there's this crazy delay and it drives me bananas, but I think we're doing good. I think we're doing good. <laughs> but I was going to say, in you have a wonderful novella. It's called Untender Hooks. It's available on Amazon. And it's um, the story of two characters in present day who are living in Chicago, two best friends. And one of them finds a diary in her apartment in Chicago from the 1930s. And it was, it's, it's safe to say it was based part on your grandmother and her experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. She okay. was a storyteller. Um, even though the story might not have been necessarily a pretty and happy story. Um, in mm-hmm. fact, most of them, most of them were not, um, you know, she grew up during the depression. Um, she had many brothers and sisters and she was one of the oldest. So she took on that lead of taking care of those younger kids. Um, her father was very abusive to the kids and especially to her mother. Um, and one of the things I loved the most about my grandma was that she was honest about that. Mm-hmm. And she would tell us these stories about what went on. And so I was, I think it was probably after my grandfather died. And I thought, you know what, I want to hear more of these stories. And then I said to my mm-hmm. grandma, you know, I've, I'm, I want to write a book, like a fictional book. And can I use some of these? examples in my stories and she was like oh yeah absolutely like you know use whatever you want um so that's really how that character um from the 1930s really came to be um because that character is also um a polish immigrant and my my grandmother Mm -hmm. and her family you know they they were first generation um family here in America, and um, just the stories are trying to make terrible, it a violence um, mm-hmm. side of it. And 
you know, I asked her several times, like, why didn't you get help or, um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, her reply was, well, everybody, that's just what happens in everyone's house. So we didn't talk about it because that was, that was the norm. So as I'm, um, you know, as I'm, because I visit book clubs and, and Mm -hmm. talk with them about the book and, um, that one element of speaking frankly about domestic violence has really resonated with a lot of readers um, because they too either have experienced, you know, violence in their own relationships Mm -hmm. or several of them talked about how their mother was abused or their grandmother was abused and how the story was just very real to them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, circling background, she was a huge inspiration to um, a lot of the, a lot of the points in that in that section of the book, um, my mother as well. She she has an amazing story um, that I'm trying to get her to put down on paper. <laughs> but, um, oh really? <laughs> Storytellers is your so this is your mom's mom is is the grandma we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, my mom. Okay. Mom. Oh wow! Yeah, you have to get your mom to. <laughs> you need material. <laughs> I know I'd like what I did tell her was I thought we should go out, we should go to like a spa for a week and she oh, can nice. just talk. I will type mm-hmm. and then we can put her memoir together. <laughs> oh wow. That would be perfect. A writing uh-huh. little writing retreat. Your grandmother, <laughs> it's interesting that um that she you know, it's interesting that the, that so many people experience domestic violence at that time and that there weren't, um, there wasn't kind of the help that there is now. There wasn't the, the way we talk about it now. Thankfully people are, you know, there are resources. It was kind of like they just kind of caught on with it. And if they were lucky to marry a good man, they were lucky. And if they weren't, it was kind of like too bad, almost too bad. They just had to deal with it. So when she was, when she met your grandfather, was she very conscious of, of making sure he was, I wonder if she kind of thought like, I hope I'm getting a good one because I know what my father was like. Yeah. You know, he, he was not like a violent man. Um, you know, he oh, drank her father. and went, yes, my, or, or, no, her, her father was an absolute bastard. Um, right. Okay. He, he was not a kind man, but my my grandmother's husband, my grandpa, yeah, he, yeah. he was not he was not a person that would you know be violent toward others. Um, so I think, and here here's where it gets really sad is that you just grew up with that, like she just mm-hmm. grew up in that violence all the time. So I don't even know if there was a hope of. I hope my future spouse doesn't beat the hell out of me. I I think it was just if that happens, I'm just gonna power through. Oh right, right. Wow. And then she and Which luckily it sounds like she married a wonderful mad, wonderful man. And yes, it's so sad because I'm always thinking like I would always think you know when I was young and single and like looking for a guy it was like we had we almost had too many options and it was like the world (laughs) is your oyster um but then I would think about my grandparents who it was kind of like like they would say to me like you're lucky you have so many options you're lucky the world is your oyster back then 
you 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 got married, you kind of didn't know who you were marrying, and you just kind of hoped for the best. And if it wasn't great, you just, like you said, you just stuck with it. It's so sad, and we have to be so grateful for for all of our options now, for, for all that we have now. And just for the fact that, I mean, we, you know, we still have a long way to go when it comes to violence against mm-hmm. women. Um, but the fact that so many women are speaking up, um, that so many, that, that we're teaching our daughters that this is not, this is not acceptable. You know, right. you deserve to be respected and loved by everyone, you know, everyone mm-hmm. in your life. Um, Mm-hmm. So we've we've come far, but we haven't gone far enough, you know, in terms of right. violence against women. And that's one of the things that I wanted to stress in the book. And that was the para- there was a parallel because Claire, the woman who is in the present day, um, she also was abused by her boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, there there is a nice parallel that goes along between the two women. Um, in the present day who live in Chicago and then the two women in the 1930s. So that's what I love. And, and the overall theme beyond, you know, you can, you can dig yourself out and succeed no matter what hand mm-hmm. you're dealt. It's also that women, no matter what era that they live in, that we live in, we still have the same problems. Right. You know, we still have time. We yeah. still have anxiety. And and it's not just here, like we live in America mm-hmm. in the United States. It's women that I've met from England and from France and from New Zealand. You know, we live in an amazing environment today where we can connect with people all around the globe. And as I'm interviewing different women and getting to know them, it doesn't matter if you speak Italian or you live I, I know some wonderful people in Europe wonderful women, business owners. I mean, we all have the same struggles that we're going through. So mm-hmm. that's what unites us and brings us together as a collective group of women is, is that we all, we're all the same in, the, in our core. Yes. Mm-hmm. And which is why we should all support each other. Exactly. We're all in it together. What yeah. I love about um, Modern Domestic Women, and it's themoderndomesticwomen.com, um, one of the, I love all your articles, and one of the ones that really struck me was um, the excerpt from Susan Skog's book, Mending the Sisterhood and Ending Women's Bullying, is that you admit that you were at one time a workplace bully, and I'm sure everyone who knows you says the same thing, that I just <laughs> cannot picture it. I knew what I was going to say. I can't picture yes, you I being did. a bully. Right. Well, you know, Susan did a lot of research. Um, She definitely started this conversation well before it started in mainstream media. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I think what happens when you become a a workplace bully or just a bully in any aspect of your life as a woman is there's a serious level of insecurity that happens, and that's exactly what I – found was I was insecure. I was really trying to find out who I was as a person, just kind of struggling with that. And it's so easy to get Mm -hmm. caught up in complaining and pointing out. It's contagious. 
Absolutely. And, you know, pointing out the errors of others. And I really like embrace that lifestyle for a, a <laughs> very good chunk of time proud of at all. Um, as I, you know, and a lot of things happen after you have children or after you have a, mm-hmm. a life changing experience, things are put into perspective. Um, mm-hmm. So after I had my son, I felt really guilty for how I had acted. And you know what, honestly, even when I was in the moment, there was a part of me that was like, Elizabeth, this is not you. Um, And so as I was trying to figure out who I was as an individual, um, you know, on on both just a personal and a spiritual level, um, I started apologizing to people. um, You mentioned that you, yeah. That you had emailed, well, you ran into some people eventually, but you also specifically emailed one person you had hurt. How hard was it to hit send? Well, before I, I typed it up and I thought, okay, before I hit send, I thought, okay, well, she's either going to not respond and I don't blame her because I was a complete jerk and that's like using Mm -hmm. a nice term Um, (laughs) or she's going to tell me to take a hike. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I didn't know, but all I knew was yeah. that I had changed and I, if I could just say I was sorry, I would. And why wouldn't I, if I had her contact right. information and I thought, you know what, right. I'm just going to send it out there and see what happens. Um, and so, I mean, she, she did respond and it was very, you know, it was very to the point, And she said, you know, thank you. Um, but, you know, nothing can change the fact that I was a complete jerk to her. Um, so, you know, there's been people who haven't been. Yeah. Like, and I don't. Blame oh, them. really? Yeah. Like you, yeah. the ones and you then, had maybe like run into. And, the, you know, ones that I had said, I'm sorry to like personally. Um, so, and, and I, I don't blame them. Um, but that kind of prompted the whole modern domestic woman takeover. Yeah, <laughs> because mm-hmm. thought, yeah, you know, because like, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah, and and my new mantra was everyone's working on something. So if I don't have anything nice to say, I just need to shut my mouth and look at my mm-hmm. own self and say you're working on a whole bunch too. Um, and, yeah. and that's really how 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 the modern domestic woman came came to be. It's awesome. And it's such a, it's, I love what you just said, because I remember seeing a post where you said, if I, you don't like what something's working on, you know, someone has, I don't know, some business that you don't frequent and you're not interested, you're not going to promote it, but the stuff you love, you promote. So people know when you're promoting something, it's tried and true and you like it. And you're all about positivity, not about bringing down someone's business or product or book that you don't like. Absolutely. And because there's so, there's too much of that, you know, so when, and this is one of the, I I really try and be as transparent as I, as I can. Um, You know, I don't really talk about my kids too much just because they have their own lives and I don't want to expose them. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll talk about them, but if I'm going to be really, really me and if people are going to know that I don't have an agenda, and that's what I want to get across, that my referrals mm-hmm. 
And the things that I share with people are completely and honestly from me. So yeah, it, right. If I don't, I don't do bad Yelp reviews because right, me neither. There's no point. Right. So, but right, I am going to take absolute all that energy to like yep. blow up the wonderful people that I do have a great relationship and do have great products and great brands. So, exactly. I love it. Well, it's such a wonderful website. So it's possibly going to be syndicated. Well, the there is a column. So I have a column in our local newspaper, um, and that is also in a few other local newspapers. So the definition of syndication. But I love Yeah, you know, so it, it's in I, more than it one is newspaper. syndicated. Yeah. So. What started happening, just in a nutshell, was um, I have readers, and just this is just because of modern-day technology, um, I have readers all over the world. And so I had one, um, one woman from Dallas who contacted me and said, how can I get a modern domestic woman column in my local newspaper? And then I had another person ask, and another person ask, and another person ask, and one person was actually in England. And I thought, you know what? They're just, I'm not just the only domestic, modern domestic woman. Like, there's right. gazillions of us out there. So right. What I'm, I'm really working on um, rallying correspondents um, all over oh, I love the it. world. Yes, so that, they, so that the modern domestic woman can stay small and hyper-local to people's areas, but it, it's global. Mm -hmm. So perfect by way, yeah, by way of these correspondents. So I'm super excited about all that's happening with the modern domestic woman. And um, there's just there's a lot that's going to happen over the next year with it. And I'm I'm excited to bring more women um, and tell more stories about great women that's in the world. Awesome. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. It couldn't happen Thanks. to a nicer ex-bully, reformed bully. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> it's true. And so you're also working on your next novella. Yes. So my next novella is called The Neighbor. And that is a horror slash supernatural. Um, it's actually not really something that I would normally write about, um, just because I don't see myself being in like a horror genre. However, it, it takes place in the city where I live. And it was inspired by the fact that I was house hunting last year and I happened upon this house that was way back in the woods. Um, we've got some lovely wooded areas um, out here in like the western suburbs of Chicago and I saw this house and as I approached the house I got a weird creepy feeling. So we, we come full circle and now we're talking about like messages from yeah. <laughs> beyond. <laughs> through the house it, it just made me very uneasy and I thought you know what there's no oh, way I can live in this house yeah, yeah. It was, and it was, it was an amazing piece of property and as I left I took some pictures and I thought this this might not be a good house for me but it would be an awesome horror story and that's <laughs> how it started <laughs> so. oh I love it 
I love it. Yeah. So, so that one, it's 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 fun, but it's also very real. It happened mm-hmm. to real people. So it's it's a woman. Mm-hmm. She gets uh, recently divorced. She buys this house in town. Um, her two teenage children live with her, and she proceeds to all these weird things start happening at the house. Right. So that is going to come out soon. And then um, the the next piece I have um, is a historic fiction piece about two women who survive uh, the Peshtigo fire, um, which happens the same time um, as the Chicago fire. So it Peshtigo. Wow. You never hear not- about that one. Yeah. No. And I feel like, don't. yeah, like you were saying, the Chicago fire was so, like you said, so epic. And that's what everybody talks about. Right. We forget about these other people. Yeah, wow. But there's so much cool history behind or around this Peshtigo fire. Um, I love Door County, and this takes place um, in Bailey's Harbor, which is just across the water, uh, Lake Michigan, um, or is it Green Bay? It's getting to be late, so I'm I'm fuzzy (laughs) on all my facts, but... (laughs) So it's, it's, again, about two women who are mm-hmm. trying to do the best with the hand that they're dealt. So. Oh, I love it. I love historical fiction. Well, I hope you'll send me both of these like you sent me on Tenderhooks. I felt so so uh, lucky that I was one of the first readers. I look forward yes, to reading the next two. of course I will. <laughs> I look forward to reading the next two. And where can everyone find you? Yeah. Um, I can be found, um, again, at themoderndomesticwoman.com. Um, we have a really active Facebook uh, page, and, again, mm-hmm. that's The Modern Domestic Woman as well. Um, I have my own Instagram page, so just Elizabeth Rago. And then also on Twitter, um, I'm Beth Rago on Twitter. So, you know, a lot of different places. And what I like to do is kind of mix up my content, so what you might mm-hmm. necessarily find on Facebook, it's going to be different from what you're finding on Twitter. So, and I can attest that they're all—it's all premium content. For sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for taking my headshot six years ago. I feel like I don't need to update them. I'm going to like keep it as long as I can. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> you're That's awesome. So you know, you're Thank an you. amazing writer. I love oh, what you're thank doing you. with all your messages. Just have, you, I'm right there. I'm parallel right there with you. And if we just keep going oh. about lifting other women up, I think we're going to start changing things. I think so, too. Thank you. I'm so glad we got to chat. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much, Elizabeth. This is awesome. Okay, love, thank you so much. and Have, have a great, great rest great. of the night. Okay. Okay. I think we're getting, I think there might be some technical difficulties, but again, this is Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone, and I'm your host, Fern Rone. You can find me anywhere on social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.